Hey, good people. Davia here, and welcome to Tales from the Shaker, a Davia Williams Stevenson podcast. Today, I've got a really dear friend of mine. Her name is Winike Austin. Um, we're going to talk about resilience today and a comeback from um, when you get news that changes your life forever. But I want to tell you a little bit about her. This might be a little bit of an emotional subject matter today, but I think it could be beneficial to folks, anyone who's gone through and needs a uh, hope or inspiration. So Nike is married for 18 years to Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Austin III. She is a veteran herself of the Air Force and has lived in Italy and various places around the country um, serving our country. She's a mother of three, um, a grown man who lives in another city, and um, two teenagers, one of whom, very interesting, um, is an equestrian um, and is a championship equestrian that's training full-time elsewhere. And then her daughter, Haley, if I'm allowed to say first names, I hadn't said all the first names, yeah. um, a high schooler here locally who's just a brilliant girl, wants to be a doctor, good athlete, and a killer spades partner. <laughs> I have to tell you, the girl can count some cards. So that's her daughter. Um, Nike uh, and I met... We were just talking about when we met probably six, seven years ago. Seems like we've known each other forever, but I think. Yeah, I think that seems about right. We've seven. been in this house a year, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And um, our husbands, I think they played golf together. And they'd been talking about doing some things in the community. Well, anyway, they decided to throw a surprise uh, Valentine's dinner for the wives at my house which meant I had to be gone all day in a blizzard, but that's another thing. They pulled it off and her husband was one of the men. And I met Nike for the first time at my house waiting for our husbands to serve us dinner. And, and I will say for the brothers, for inspiration, they pulled that thing off. The men divided up the meal. They decorated the dining room. They had music. Amazing. The food was good. Remember how they served us like Oprah style? Yes. They stood, got a seat and they stood behind us and, Put our place down at the same time. They they killed it. Yeah, it was really fun. So it was a fun time to meet you. And we danced. And we danced. Yep. And we danced. And so it was on that day that I realized that we had something in common, that we were both cancer survivors. Um, my cancers are bone cancer and breast cancer. Wanaki deals with multiple myeloma. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what multiple myeloma is? It's a blood cancer? Multiple myeloma is a blood cancer. It's in the same family as um, leukemia, Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, it is a blood cancer that attacks, um, well, for me, it affected my bones. Um, it, um, I don't know if you want me to go into you could tell you what anything you want to tell. happened, but it, um, it fractured my, um, vertebrae in a number of places, um, and created lesions in a number of places throughout my body, um, hips, shoulders, neck, spine, that kind of thing. So eventually, um, I didn't know it, but I was walking around with a, with a fractured spine and I, uh, it eventually collapsed on me. And that's when 
They kind of figured out what was going on. So it was the pain from the collapse that got you, got them looking at. um, It was actually the pain from the fracture that I didn't know I had. Okay. So I was walking around in pain for months, Mm -hmm. excruciating pain Mm -hmm. for a number of months. And um, after that collapse, which didn't hurt, by the way, Hmm. um, it... um, I landed in the hospital, and then that's when the diagnosis came. And I know you went through bone marrow transplant and and all of those things. And so when I I you had done much of that when I met you, right? Um, and I only know this fly creative fun sister. I do know that you're on some sort of maintenance chemo that you take pretty much all the time. You take breaks from it periodically. Twenty one days. And I get seven days off. Today is my first day of my seven days off. Okay. So I'm excited about that. Was that a good day? Because I made her a drink for that, y'all. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Today's a good day. (laughs) I'm glad to know that. Nike is a joyful person. Um, Silly as I'll get out. (laughs) But a joyful person. And, And it's... One of the things I appreciate about folks who've been through suffering, it just grounds you. There's a, there's a sense of can't sweat the small stuff, um, I think. I know for me, and we've, we've, we've talked about this briefly at times, we don't really live in cancer world together. We live in regular girlfriend world right. together. But it's, a, but it's a feature. We both have, um, it's affected our lives and still affects our lives. And, um, but there's something about when you have faced your mortality, I think. We all know that we're going to leave this place at some point in time. Right. Um, but when you faced it at, I'll say an inconvenient time, right? You're Very young, you're a young mother. You know, I was a teenager the first time and then my kids were, were teenagers the second time. Um, you are forced to deal with that. And there's, there's, there's a groundedness to your gratitude. Um, I think we have an opportunity when we take it um, to to really understand that you live the day you have. Because there was a day before we knew this. And then you get news that changes things forever. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a while. I know it did for me. And I still forget. I don't take any medicine for any of my, either of my cancers. I live with with deficits because of the surgeries, right? I I don't still feel sick at times because of mine and I'm not getting checked and waiting to find out if I'm in remission. I know that that's part of your story because I've celebrated about every six months. I think you get checked. Like I'm still in remission. Every three to four months. Yeah. And just a couple of weeks ago, I'm as of a few weeks ago, I'm still in remission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are grateful for that for sure. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that that's an ever-present thing in your back, in the back of your mind. Right. Because um, I don't think it's forefront of your mind. I don't know. Can you tell me? I'm just, I'm, I'm projecting based on how I experience you. Well, it, that means that my, my, it's working. My little fakeness that I have um, has a lot of people thinking, um, you know, she's fine. Even family members. Um, but when I'm alone Mm -hmm. is when it Mm -hmm. gets me the most. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was diagnosed in the hospital, um, 
when the doctor, I'm thankful that I was on morphine, a morphine pump, another morphine drip. So I was kind of relaxed. So when he told me, you have cancer, you know, you have multiple myeloma. Um, the question that I asked him, um, his answer could have gone okay. either way, right? Okay. So when he said, I asked him, is it treatable? And he, you know, answered me and I just left it at that. I, I didn't feel any kind of way then because I was not really, I was really sick. I was yeah. not really thinking clearly. But after I, you know, went home and I couldn't, I couldn't lay in my bed and mm. my husband had to bathe me, you know, or I had to stand in the shower because I couldn't take a bath because they repaired my fractures. Um, just things like that. It was humiliating. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, embarrassed. I thought, wow, God, is this, is this how my life is going to go? You know, we had, um, Tyler, Alex and Haley, they were 12, five and three. Mm -hmm. So little ones who still want to be picked up. Yeah. Run, who have no, they run at you with hugs. They climb on you. And I couldn't, I could not pick them up. I couldn't hug them because my spine was fractured and I didn't know it. I just knew that it hurt. Um, Like my body was giving me signals. I couldn't cough, couldn't sneeze. Like the body is incredible. The brain, all of that. I would almost sneeze. I would get a sneeze, but then my body would stop it because my body knew, my brain knew that if I sneezed, it would collapse on me. So it, my collapse happened while I was in, while I was sleeping, I was coughing, choking in my sleep and that's when it collapsed. So, and I kind of think that was, that was God's way of kind of looking out for me. Um, he got me in a, at a place where I was comfortable. I wasn't stressed. I was at peace. And then it happened. And, you know, it actually, he answered my prayers because the night before I said to my husband, I can't, I can't go another day like this. Like I cannot do it. And I cried about it and it happened overnight. And then we have a cancer diagnosis, but I was angry I was so mad. Yeah. I thought my faith wavered, my belief, all of that stuff. I I just didn't want to have anything to do with um anything God because I felt like wow. He turned his back on he me. Turned his back on you. Yeah. Yeah. I have little kids. I've served my country. My husband has deployed eight times. And, you know, and, and things started to settle down a little bit. And I thought we were back to normal, our normal. And then we were hit with this. And then, you know, so I once once I came back from the hospital and I could not lay in my bed, I knew, OK, something's something's really wrong. I had to sleep on the couch, you know, because that was what was most comfortable for me. So um, 
Yeah, I was angry for a long time. Um, and it, it took me a minute to get to get over that part of it. Um, so 12 years later. I, I think it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. Right? I, I remember with my first diagnosis when I was a teenager, I didn't have anger. I had this whole sense of purpose and, you know, that's a, that's a, we'll go into the detail of that story another time. But my second cancer, it felt like, haven't we done this already? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know I was going to be able to have kids and a husband and a family and all that. And I do. And here they are. And now, like now, really now, I just remember just rage, mm-hmm. just feeling such rage. Um, it, I can't say it took me, it, it wasn't consistent. Um, and then the sense of, I wonder, did you feel this way? Um, I know your husband and I know he's crazy about some Nike. <laughs> okay. It's vice versa. And, um, and I know he took great care of you. Yeah. One of the things I enjoy about, I've said being with you is that it's fun to be with wives that enjoy talking well about their husbands. Mm-hmm. They get on our nerves, but they're good men and we get to celebrate that. I just had a conversation about empathy. And I know that he felt for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there a sense that he could feel with you? Did you have did you have that? Yeah. No. It, it can be a lonely space. Yeah, it's quite yeah. lonely. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's a, I guess it's a good thing that it's, he doesn't know what I'm dealing with. That means he's healthy. That means he's healthy. You get to that eventually. It's like, yeah. it's lonely feeling like no one fully understands. Yeah. But then you know that, but to understand, you got to be in these shoes and we don't want that for you. Right. We don't want that for you. And that light bulb just went off. I didn't, I didn't think of it like that before. Yeah. So, but he, um, it was the type of guy he is. He, he's not gonna express it. He's Mm -hmm. gonna, Mm -hmm. you know, he's that military guy. He's Mm -hmm. gonna put on his armor and he's gonna do what he has to do to keep his family together and healthy as best as he can. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so we, we went through that twice. I relapsed. Mm -hmm. And so I had two stem cell transplants. The last Mm -hmm. one was five years ago. So it was one thing to be diagnosed at 40 years old. And then, you know, here I am 52 and I, I'm on chemotherapy indefinitely. I'll be on some type of treatment Mm -hmm. if and when I were to relapse because my cancer is a high relapse, um, cancer. Um, so I'm just taking this chemo to keep me in remission longer. And so every three to four months that, that does a number on my, on my mental, on my brain health. Um, and it's, it's tough. I, I wish I could master, um, dealing with that every quarter, but it's just, because you, you just don't know. Cause I thought that I was, I, I thought that I would be the one to beat this. Mm-hmm. I really had psyched oh, myself up. I psyched myself out. I'm not going to relapse. None of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I relapsed and it was like, okay, yeah. 
but you still, I know there are times when it's hard getting up and you don't. And yeah. You, and that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think the fear is reasonable. I think all of those things are reasonable. Yet somehow, I know you're taking care of your family. I know you're traveling to volleyball games and all, all over the place. You're doing life. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, like you said, there's a there's a difficulty to it that someone outside of your experience doesn't fully understand. Yeah. But you still do it. At this point, and it's fine if not, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. If at this point in your journey, and you don't know where you are really in your journey, but where you are today. Right. Um, can you see the gift of cancer? Let me clarify that question. <laughs> Before I say no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no could be a good answer. Yeah. But, but could be that I'd rather have the true answer because there's going to be a lot of different experiences. I don't quite get those people yet. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let me tell you what I think when I say that. And I talked a little bit about it. It's, I think the gift of it is that um, I know I have the opportunity if I take it to appreciate that I have life. When before I knew it could be gone in a moment, you take some things for granted. And I'm not always in that mindset where I'm just grateful for the day and I'm, I'm going to make the most of this day and I'm going to, you know, I, I, I try to live through every day. I don't try to, if it's a, if it's a bad day, pretend it's not. But um, I think when I grasp it, not all the time, but more times than not, when I grasp that, I have the privilege of an awareness that my life is not e- eternal on this, on this land, on this right. side, right? All of us, the next day is not promised to anybody. You There's, say that so well. Well, it's not. It's not promised to anybody. So, but I know that in a way that someone who hasn't had to face their death doesn't know it. So I have a choice, an informed choice, an experiential choice to say, I'm living the day that I have today. Okay. Yes, it has done that for me. Yeah. 12 years ago, I felt cheated. Yeah. Um, yeah. People were, friends yeah. of mine were yeah. checking out from cancer. And I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, "How did they do it?" Well, I I found out how they did it. You just I don't think about it. It's just one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of on cruise control. And then after I get through a crisis, I think, "How did that happen? What did the what? You how did I it? do that? Yeah. How did I do that?" Yeah. But what it did do for me is um, I was not okay with dying back then. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm not afraid. Wow. I'm not afraid to die because I was given uh, not one opportunity, but two opportunities because I had uh, two stem cell transplants to get it right, as right as it can be for mm-hmm. me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I'm, I'm doing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing the things that I mm-hmm. would like to do, not everything, but before I did everything for my kids, my family, my husband. Mm-hmm. I really didn't do anything for me. 
So that's why I felt cheated because mm-hmm. I hadn't lived yeah. my yeah. life. Yeah. I was doing mom life mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, military spouse life. Um, so now I I do it all. You know, the military spouse. Mm-hmm. I'm able to support my kids, um, and I'm able to do some things that I want to do, like hang out with you. <laughs> We had a good time. We hung out uh, earlier this year. Time. I'd love to do that again, <laughs> the, to get away again. Yeah, you know, I, I one of the things I say to myself and to others when I when I get the chance to is that you know you came into this world naked and by yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're a twin, maybe, but then you probably didn't come out at the same time. You came in first or second. You came in this life naked and by yourself as you. Somebody gave you a name. And you chose your roles as you went through life. You mm-hmm. chose a husband. You chose children. All those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You're going to go out of here the same way. Right. And if you were born, if, and this is what I, I do believe, that God is a creator. And that he creates us on purpose. Right? Here's here on purpose. Whether you think it was an accidental pregnancy or not, there's purpose <laughs> in beauty in your, in, your, in your being. And you were Created on purpose for purposes. And so you need to show up in your life. Yeah. Like God made Nike to be Nike and walk Nike's story in Nike's way with the challenges that are in front of you. And so I'm glad you know that you get to show up as you in your roles, loving all the people that are your priority. But you got to be on that list, like high up on that list. Right. And I, I see that with you. And I, I, I'm at a stage where I'm figuring that out, too. This is new to me. And I thought at my age, I'm getting emotional. I'm fit. Anyway, that you didn't get to do new things. And I am. And so are you. Yeah. And if we're here tomorrow, we might get a chance to do another new thing or at least be grateful for that day. How do I want to use this day? And I, I, I love that about you. You said one thing that... I'm going to follow up with you probably on in private later on. Okay. When you talked about, and I get the, you know, everybody thinks I'm okay, and so I'm good at faking it. And I think there's, there's, there's reality to it. Sometimes you have to do the thing. You have to put whatever the circumstances that's difficult, you have to bracket it and set it aside. Mm-hmm. I, I know that because if, if the house is on fire, you have to put out the fire, whether or not you, you know, or the kid needs to be here or whatever. You have to do the thing. Um, but I hope that you pick it back up if that's you, if this thing that you laid aside is your, your emotions for the day or your some, something you know you need to deal with, but you just can't right now. I like the idea of bracketing. That means you keep it intact and you put it aside intact with a promise to yourself. I'm not going to deny this part of myself. I'm not going to repress it. I'm not going to bury it. I'm going to get to it when I can. Right, right now's not that time. <laughs> but when I can, I pick that up because I owe that to myself to live the day that I have the good ones and the bad ones. I'm a runner. <laughs> we have ways to run. We yeah. You know, even those of us who think we're not runners like me, I'm like, what is it? Get me, get my arms around it. Now get my arms around it. I can know what I'm dealing with. I I have my ways of running at times. I just think that's human, you know, but I don't want you to define yourself as like, I'm a runner. No, sometimes I run from things because I'm not ready or resourced to deal with them, Mm -hmm. but you can't run forever. 
So you just, you just, you bracket. Maybe give it a different term. You okay. Bracket. bracket. You know, I can't do that right now. I don't have whatever it is I have. I don't, I'm not emotionally, have the emotional bandwidth or the time or the whatever. So I'm not going to deny myself that this hurts or this is confusing or this is whatever, but I can't do it right now. So I do it when I can. Right. But, I, but that's your promise to you, not okay. to anybody else. I think you do. I just didn't have those words. Maybe, maybe there's a picture that um, it's a I struggle. It's a it's a struggle. I'll think. Yeah, Thanks. I'll think yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish we could talk forever, and we may turn off the we cameras can. and keep talking <laughs> um, about some things. Ike is um, is also very much an encourager, and so. This was my time on the cameras, but uh, I receive a lot from her. Um, so we're going to wrap this up with a little toast. So today I made something that I know she likes. Yes. Um, I call it a blackberry bourbon. I, well, I, not bourbon. We use vodka. A blackberry smash. Um, I'm not even sure that's really the right name for it, but I smashed the blackberry. So that's what I'm calling it. Um, this is vodka, um, blackberries, a little bit of simple syrup. Squeeze some lime, muddle some mint, and uh, put a little bit of ginger beer on it. It's very um, refreshing. We can put the menu up, uh, the recipe up later. All right? Cheers, girlfriend. Cheers. Cheers. Living every day. Yes. <laughs> so, that's a good one. Thank that's you for joining us. Drink. Tales of the Shaker, a Davia Williams Stevenson podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.